Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Oh, what's shaking, everybody? Welcome to the show, Lions of Liberty Network and Electric Liberty Land. Yes, in case you missed the news over this holiday season, we just announced that we have a new format we're going to be doing for the show here. We're very excited about it. Uh, it's going to give us a lot more freedom. Probably heard Mark talk about it on his show, as they think he did. And because uh, I haven't listened yet. Been too busy with holiday cheer. <laughs> but I'm recording this on Tuesday, so I haven't had a chance to listen back yet. However, what we're doing, so we've got the new feed. Well, actually, the old feed is the Lions of Liberty Network. And that, you'll notice, has a brand new Super Dynamite logo that our buddy over at System is Down, Dan Smots, helped us design. You'll notice that Mark's got a new logo, which he usurped from us, uh, to my chagrin. But no, it's a cool new logo with the, uh, the flaming lion head, which also is used in the main network logo. And, of course, what we're doing here is we're going to have the main feed which is the Lions of Liberty Network feed. That's going to have all the shows, my show, Mark's show, John's show. All those shows are going to be on there. You don't have to resubscribe to all the new ones to get them, but you now have the option, if you so desire, to subscribe to each one of our feeds individually. Now, you'd say, why would I do that? Well, maybe you don't like one of the shows. Maybe you don't like me. Plenty of people don't. Maybe you just happen to say, well, you know what? I got to cut down, whatever it might be. You now can either pick and choose those shows or keep on listening as you're listening or subscribe to all the above. Now, the idea behind this is that we're going to have more freedom, both in how we do bonus content, or I should say extra shows for the main feed. So we're going to have the main three shows on there. Plus, we are going to have drinking episodes, round tables. I think we're going to do some public conspiracy corners, which are usually only behind the Patreon paywall on that main Lions of Liberty Network feed. So you're going to get more content there, but it allows us with our individual feeds to also do more content on those. As you know, I do a one day a week show. There are times I want to do more. There's times I want to release new content. I want to release a song. I want to release a Do Nothing Man episode. I want to release stuff that I feel that I might want to react to a little bit more quickly, or maybe I want to do a movie review. But we don't want to clog up that main feed and take away from the other shows. So we now have our separate feeds as well. So I encourage you to go and subscribe to all of them because they're all going to have extra content the other feeds don't have. Don't be scared. The Lions of Liberty is not going anywhere. We'll be here, but we are becoming more potent, more powerful than anybody can ever imagine. And by virtue of that, of course, we hope that the show will continue to grow. We hope to grow the individual feeds as well as that main feed. So uh, thank you for, for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for continuing to subscribe. The new feeds will be launching as of January 1st. If all goes to plan, I believe everything's good to go. We should have everything up. We'll have episode zeros launching on those new feeds. And then from there on out, you'll be able to have your extra content. So that episode zero, those can be bonus episodes on those distinct feeds. So check those out there. Now, of course, you also want to check out our Patreon because you can get all of our bonus content, the Conspiracy Corners, like I said, Degenerate Gamblers, the extra shit that we do on the side for you, including my Good Morning Fuckhead Daily Rants. Of course, I did one today. It was long. It was glorious. It was about Fauci. And I encourage you to subscribe. Go to patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty or 
lionsofliberty.com. I'm sorry, lion, lion, no, not lionsofliberty.com. You can still go there. Please do. Uh, lionsofliberty.locals. You could also get in there and subscribe and get that bonus content that way. Also, make sure you go to Odyssey because we've once again gotten a ding on YouTube. We once again have YouTube striking us low because of something that was said by somebody on some podcast. These are like going back months now. So we basically are worried that our time on YouTube is going to be very limited. We're going to try to get around it. We're going to try to use keywords and code phrases to talk about stuff so we don't get more than demonetized, which we already are, so we don't get outright banned. But I encourage you to go to Odyssey now. I'll put that in the show links. Go to Odyssey now so that you continue to get the video if you so like the video. Otherwise, don't worry. We're not in any threat from Apple uh, yet from uh, having our feed pulled or Libsyn. Okay. So there you go. There you have it. Um, Guys, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Coming back in here, I hope you're looking forward to a very happy new year. I hope you're not scared. I hope none of your relatives are scared anymore of the Omicron variant. And it's uh, very mild, what seems to be exceptionally mild symptoms, exceptionally low death rate. Uh, if, you know, again, trying to find people that have died specifically because of this variant are very few and far between, if at all. And you are looking forward to a raucous celebration. Now, I, coming out of this Christmas time, you know, I'm up, this was on uh, Christmas Eve. My cousins were in town. We had a wonderful time, right? And this is typically, you know, a time where I try to take off. We, we don't want to leave you in the lurch with no podcasts. We are not those guys. I know a lot of people take time off during the holidays. They just leave you without podcasts. Not us. We want to give you something. So we gave you something last week. I'm going to give you something this week. I'm going to do an AMA with some of the questions that come in from the Lions of Liberty Pride, which is our Patreon or paid supporters uh, in just a little bit. But first, I'll tell you about this, this story. So, you know, my cousins come over. Um, they're both very left, but, we're, you know, we're family. We can coexist. We can speak about things and hang out. We don't have to agree on everything politically. We did kind of get into it at the end of the night because we've been drinking all day. So it's about 10 in the morning on Christmas Day and about noon the day before. So this was like a bacchanal, a type of all day drinking. There were uh, <laughs> there were so much vodka drank that I don't even want to think about it. Vodka, bourbon, wine, et cetera. So at the end of the night, we're talking, we're arguing. And I did get into a little bit of my unfortunate libertarian way of uh, talking to one of my cousins, actually my cousin's husband, about how he views the world, you know, the perspective that he views the world and the way he interprets facts, the way he views, like, particularly, we were talking about the January 6th riots. And, you know, he, he said that, that old cliche, oh, it was an attack on our democracy. And I told him, no, there was no attack on our democracy whatsoever. The attack on our democracy is the fact that we can't have anything like this happen without it being viewed as an attack on the democracy, right? Because the powers that be, the media coverage wants to paint it as such. But there's no realistic chance in hell that a bunch of idiots acting like idiots and going in there, whether or not you believe they were let in, which was on video, whether you believe it was a violent act, whether you believe that this was their intent was truly to overthrow the government and overthrow the election, neither of which are even in the realm of possibility as having been a, a potential outcome of this. The way in which his worldview had been shaped, I wanted him to think about. I wanted him to be reflective about that and I was trying to drive that point home rather than hammer him on you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I was trying to change the way in which he viewed 
his information gathering, the way in which he viewed his understanding of his reality. And I wanted him to question that. I wanted him not to, not that he has to come to my point of view, but I want him to question everything and have a healthy skepticism, which is a point that I think we might be getting to with a lot of people right now. You know, the, the source of, or the basic, the source of all empirical reality is skepticism, right? The way you find reality is by looking at the world around you, taking in that information, but then also not believing everything fully, unless it's something tangible. You can touch, you can observe personally, you can feel it, you can taste it, right? The world of emotion is not a tangible reality, right? And that's where so many of these times these people get involved in a world of emotionality rather than a world of more logic-based facts. Um, they lose a healthy skepticism because when you have an emotional response, your skepticism is either driven purely by that emotional response or it is completely obliviated, right? It's put away into a place where it cannot survive. It cannot even glimpse the light of day. Because skepticism, and this is something that, by the way, uh, I believe is coming out tomorrow, but I got into um, with Callum Nicholson and uh, and Matt Kibbe on his podcast, and we're going to continue the conversation. But, you know, skepticism, the ability to weigh what's right and wrong for your brain to understand and think creatively about the alternatives to whatever reality, reality you've adopted or you've been delivered to or propagandized with has been eroded, right? And Callum's hypothesis was that the left brain, right brain, right brain which is, you know, one of the sides, your, your left brain is typically more creative, your right brain is more logical, uh, scientifically. Social media has kind of gotten in the way and poisoned this. And I extended that to this argument that that is getting in the way of us seeing reality properly. Because like I said, to be skeptical, you have to question what you're given. If somebody hands you an apple and says it's a pear, you have to say, okay, well, logically, I can remember what an apple looks like. I can think about ways in which this person could be lying to me. I could be uh, the ways in which my reality could be altered. If they're telling me that this is an orange and yet I can clearly see it's an apple, what is the cause of that? What is the reasoning behind that? Is, is there something wrong with my perception of the world? But that gets into creative thinking. That gets into problem solving, which is, you know, comes into right, right brain and left brain, really. But because of the way in which we're delivered this information, people don't want to have those haves interact anymore. It's a very black and white world. The grays, the in-betweens, the creativity and finding those solutions and those ways in which people can overlap or ways in which your perception might overlap with a different reality that you are not quite in tune with have been cut off. Now, where am I going with this? That's a very good question. <laughs> I'm going to tie this into this conversation. So again, I'm trying to convince my cousin's husband of this and, and that try to get him to question his reality. And I'll bring it around to later that night. They went home. Now I'm kind of feeling bad because I feel like maybe I harangued him a little bit too much. But I'm on Twitter and I see that NORAD has, you know, NORAD, which is like the North American, what is it? The North American Aerospace Defense Command, right? They issue warnings if there's going to be a nuclear attack, if there's going to be a crazy storm, if it's going to be whatever. They're monitoring the skies, right? That's the idea. And they had taken it up after there was a prior organization, I think, you know, the whatever, uh, Military Defense, what was it called? Continental Air Defense Command had done it, and they they updated on the radio for all the kiddies 
hey, Santa Claus is coming, right? It's kind of a cute thing. I guess you could argue it's a little bit of military propaganda, right? The fact that you're getting updates on where Santa is. It's making sure that all the peons around the nations know that they're safe because a great American force is, uh, is up there monitoring the skies. But when you have NORAD, you had this kind of cute thing where people, you know, children could log on or they'd show it on TV sometimes. I remember when I was growing up, they'd cut to it during the weather segments, right? And they'd cut to Santa. Oh, let's check in with NORAD and see where Santa is. Oh, Santa's crossing in the atmosphere and he's above Hawaii right now and he's coming into, you know, whatever it might be. Cute, fun, fine. This year, because of COVID, right? Because of fucking vaccine bullshit, because of masking uh, insanity. I go and I see that NORAD has a mask on Santa, right? Now, Santa is flying up in the atmosphere. Santa, which is an immortal character, like, uh, you know, he's a saint. He's a, a, a creature that is beyond the reach of our slings and our arrows, is beyond the reach of time itself, is beyond the reach of disease, right? As beyond the reach of the clutches of, of aging and cellular de degradation. As flying around with a fucking mask on. A fucking mask on. Santa Claus. Up in the atmosphere. Where viruses can't even survive anyway, right? Up in, up in space. And they have no right. He's above the atmosphere, really. It's not like this man is out anywhere where viruses can exist. This really fucking pissed me off. This really pissed me off. Not just because I was drunk. Not just because I've been drinking all day. Not just because I was riled up because I had just been speaking with somebody else and trying to get them to question their perception of reality. But it pissed me off because I viewed the way in which this is being put out into the world, right? Then I just said, my creative thinking, I just named all the different ways in which this doesn't make any fucking sense, Right? But when you talk about a healthy skepticism as far as what you're being told, right? The people that would cheer this on, the Santa Claus wearing a mask, they have zero skepticism. They have completely bi you know, it, uh, binary thinking, right? It's either right or it's wrong. They're convinced that the way of thinking is right. They can't question. They can't think of how absurd this is. Just how unbelievably stupid this is on a fundamental level, let alone a societal level. And that's where I really got pissed off is thinking about the societal impact of this. Not just that they're coming for the children with this shit. That's been going on forever. But more so in the reactions that people have and how they don't understand that this is everything, right? This is everything, right? I posted this picture on social media, on my Twitter and on my Facebook. And of course, on Facebook, I knew I was going to get a bunch of asshole responses from, from my lefty friends. You know, calm down, Francis, from Stripes, that kind of shit, which somebody literally posted. Now, while I can see how some people would say, oh, it's an innocent thing. They're putting a mask on Santa. What's the big deal? I'll tell you why it's a big deal and why I told people, if you find, if you don't think this is wrong, there's something wrong with you and your perception of the world. Here's why this is everything. Like I said, Santa Claus is, if nothing else, right? Just like even, even more so, you could argue, than Jesus Christ. And yes, I know there's a lot of you out there that love the Jesus. You love Jesus and you love his Christ, his Christ. <laughs> and that's that's the real Christmas and all that. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I'm not very religious. 
And I view Christmas time and I view Santa Claus. That's my religion, right? That's my only religion. I celebrate Christmas. I'm a Christmologist, let's say. But I look at Santa Claus as a universal good. He is a infallible good. He is a um, he is a source of joy, a source of wonder, a source of all things that are pure in the world, right? And he, as such, is supposed to be something that children, no matter where you are, right, no matter what point in your life you might be, no matter what you may have endured, and there's children out there that endure horrible things, things that I don't like to think about, things that I read in the news, and now that I've got my my you know almost two year old daughter who is almost kind of getting Christmas, but not quite. Next year will be much better. But I think about, you know, any of these things happening to her, and it, it makes me nauseous. It makes me shake with, with anger. And thinking about how, you know, these children out there that have been abused and neglected and, and have gone through horrible things, people burn them with cigarettes for Christ's sake or molest them or do whatever it might be, Santa Claus is the one good thing they can look forward to. Everybody can look forward to that. You know, even even the Jews out there can still enjoy some Christmas. I think Davy Smith enjoyed Christmas this year. I think I heard him saying on his podcast. He's married a Christian woman. But regardless, I'm not religious, and Santa Claus is that good. Santa Claus comes in. Santa Claus brings gifts. Santa Claus knows, tells you you've been a good boy. Santa Claus makes you feel good about yourself in the morning. Santa Claus is outside of our physical realm. Santa Claus, in the past, maybe there's propaganda where Santa Claus, you know, by the government, during wartime where Santa Claus is flying out and bombs are exploding around his fucking sleigh, but I don't remember it. I don't remember Santa Claus during any other period in history. I don't remember Santa Claus going out with polio braces on his legs to remind everybody to get polio vaccines. Because Santa Claus is a myth that is a good outside of our reality. It is intended to be a bright shining star that's guiding us all to a better place, to remind us that there is good in the world, not that there's evil, to remind us that we don't have to be scared all the time. And for a lot of these kids out there that are waking up on Christmas morning, wherever they might be, and they're getting that gift, they're not scared for that fucking minute, are they? They're not scared for that 10 minutes. They're opening a gift and they're playing with it. And God knows what tomorrow's bringing, but they're not fucking scared for those five minutes. And then you have this shit. You have these fucking monsters putting a mask on Santa to remind all these children that death's out there. To remind all these children that they better mask up because you don't want to kill grandma and grandpa, that you might be responsible for killing somebody, that there's this horrible virus out there that could take down all of humanity and we can't even rest for a second. We can't even have you open up a fucking gift for a fucking second without these goddamn authoritarian pieces of shit fucking getting up in your grill and reminding you that you need to obey them. And there's now nothing sacred in this world. There's nothing sacred. That's why I'm so upset about this. That's why this gets me and gets to me a lot more than other things might get to me. So there you go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Um, guys, by the way, if you don't want the government to get to you, perfect segue, Brian. Thank you. 
Uh, you guys get to look into our sponsors over at iTrust Capital, guys. Yes, I know. Santa Claus might bring you coal this year if you allow your money to stay in fiat currency. If you just invest in the stock market instead of putting your money into crypto, the future, or into hard currencies to protect yourself from the ebbs and flows of that fiat currency. Right now, go to itrust.capital forward slash lions. You can get $100 of free Bitcoin by opening an account. There's no more monthly fees in there. They just say, come on in, start an account up. Now, you, when you start an account, you can either create it new, you can port over another IRA or Roth IRA, and that way you can protect yourself from the government's greedy little sticky fingers by getting some tax freedom. Now, IRAs, look it up, Google it. I'm not going to waste your time. But basically, it protects you from the government down the line, allows you to retire and protect your savings. But... With iTrust Capital, you can also trade cryptos. They have 25 plus cryptos in there. They keep adding them on. And you can get in if you want to trade crypto. You don't want to use it for a for an IRA platform. That's fine. You can do that too. They're backed up by not one, but two different cryptocurrency insurers, meaning you're safe. You can Your money can stay in there, right? You don't have to get it out and put it in your wallet. You can keep it on there. Lowest transaction fees you're going to find anywhere. Like I said, 25 different cryptos in there. And they have over 1,500 reviews on Trustpilot. These guys are the real deal. They are the OGs. Get in there. Get your future secured. Again, $100 free Bitcoin. Go to itrust.capital forward slash lions. Okay. So as I said, I'm going to do a little AMA here. Um, I do have more Chris Biz, I still haven't sent my, I got my daughter a, like a trampoline thing and it's been raining, raining and raining in LA. So I'm going to try to set up today. I don't know. Hopefully I have time. I also owe my next door neighbor a gift, but I just had to do a little AMA action. And I usually never do this because I can just talk and talk and talk on my own. But I figured, Brian, it's time to give back. It's time for you to give back to your people out there. So let me do a little AMA action. And if you want to get involved in this, the next time you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash lines of liberty or lines of liberty dot locals. Now I post, I should have given myself more time, but I decided at the last second that I was going to do this AMA style. So there's not a ton of them, but that's good. We don't want the show to be too long. Now I'll start off because you just heard me screaming and yelling at the top of my lungs because I got really angry about that Santa shit. Um, John Odermatt, not a patron, but a friend, a business partner. He asked <laughs> Brian, why so angry? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I Anger, I'll, I'll tell you guys, I'll be very honest about this, right? If you think I'm angry now, you should have heard me years and years ago. And John, Mark, and Rico, and Odie, and how, they all know me. They've known me way back when. I used to be much angrier in college, number one. And I used to be much angrier before that. But I remember one time, you know, it's I there's a realization, you know, there's a lot of what drives anger. Number one is fear, right? Now, I will say I'm not I'm not a fearful person. I don't go through my life afraid very much. Um, there's uncertainties for sure. But there's not a ton of fear in my life. But a lot of the anger that I express on this show comes from fear. Now, it comes from fear of what I view as a threat to my life, a threat to my liberty, a threat to my child's future. That's become even more pronounced now. And it's funny, I think I was angrier years ago than I am now on the show. I think I've, I've continued to mellow out as I've gotten a little older. But, but that's where my anger comes from, because it's a very thin line. 
anger is often a reaction to fear. You, it's a, it's that fight or flight reaction. And I don't have a lot of flight in me. It's not who I am. I'm not the guy that runs away. If anything, when I'm challenged, I'm the guy that leans in. I am the guy that, uh, that tends to want to get involved. I try to get in there and, and solve problems. I try to be involved in a lot of things and it is in my instinct to fight. That leads me to get angry because a lot of time, again, if you're fight or flight, anger overcomes that fear. Anger gets that in there to make you say, you know what? I got to go and do this. The consequences be fucked. And right now, look, guys, there's a lot of consequences out there. When we started this podcast, there weren't. There weren't that many podcasts out there. I mean, shit, even my podcast, you know, which is the last of the Lions of Liberty to, to launch on its own, was still a, a forebearer for, you know, the vast majority that were coming. And there wasn't that much to lose. You know, there wasn't this cancel culture out there. There wasn't uh, a threat of losing your job. There wasn't the threat of being deplatformed. There wasn't a threat of being, you know, having your banking ability taken away from you. There was there just wasn't out that much out there that could come and get me for taking my opinions and telling people about them. But now there certainly is. So there's that fear aspect, right? That keeps me fucking pissed off. I got to overcome that. So that keeps me angry that I even have to deal with this shit. But why else am I so angry? I mean, look, guys, there's a lot to be angry about. And while, yeah, you know, the, the other flip side to my anger, though, is, is humor. You know, that's I've always diffused again, fight or flight, right? Even when, when I'm in a, a fight situation, I've always diffused that with humor. So that's the flip side of it, too. I'm a funny guy. So I diffuse it with anger or I diffuse it with humor, but they're very closely related. And I don't want to lose that perspective. You know, I try to always lead with humor and the heavy anger as the, the secondary option. But I hope that kind of answers the question. Jesus Christ, how can you not be angry right now? How can you not be angry looking at the world around us and what's happened? Seeing how things have accelerated. Now, as I've said, I actually view the acceleration as a good thing. I think the acceleration is the only thing that will save us from this government behemoth, from what they're trying to do with vaccines and vaccination passports and, and control over what you think and where you go and, and these government currencies that can track you and control what you can spend them on. The acceleration of cancel culture, that's what you can feel. The, the acceleration of racist critical theory in, in schools that's dividing people. All of these things accelerating is a good thing. They're scary as fuck. Don't get me wrong, because if they don't get pushed back, if they continue forward, if these things do happen, I will be living in terror. And I am very cognizant of that. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stay angry about it. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, maybe I'll just have to crawl into a hole somewhere. And uh, that wouldn't be great for the new, the new uh, solo feed coming out. Nor would it be good for... What I'm thinking for the rebrand for Electric Liberty Land, which is coming. So it's going to be a little bit more positive. Still angry, but a little bit more positive. Um, all right. So let's see. What's the next question here on my AMA? Um, Stephanie. Stephanie B. I won't say people's names all that because they don't want it. Stephanie B. says, what keeps you motivated to continue to produce content, especially when it's difficult to do so? Well, I mean, that does that ties into the, the question I think about why am I so angry? There's, there's just, especially having a kid, I will say, I mean, especially having a kid, it's just, there's a lot more of a driving factor. And I know Stephanie, I know Stephanie's got kids of her own. I mean, there's, 
it's become so much harder to do it because there's so much censorship out there. And I don't get me wrong. I find myself very demotivated at times. Um, I feel to be perfectly honest, you know, I, I, I feel that I, I've been overlooked at times uh, for, for different things. And I, you know, can get resentful at times. I'm a human like anybody else, but I try to keep myself on a positive mindset that what I'm doing is appreciated, that what I'm doing is going to make an impact, that what I'm doing is changing people or inspiring people, that what I'm doing, and I do think about this, that what I'm doing at the end of the day, right? I think about how many times I've had conversations with people that are, are preaching this authoritarian status bullshit and how many times I've been right. And I think about the future and I say, well, you know what? Interestingly enough, at least I'll have a, a record of trying to do the right thing. At least I, I went down swinging. At least I went down trying to make an impact in my own little way here and in some fashion. And thank God, you know, at the same time, the same threats, the same difficulties in getting content out is what makes this content available to go out there. That, that made this platform possible. That makes us reaching people internationally. That made me going to Austria possible. This would none, none of this would happen without the connectivity that exists and the dangers and the difficulties have stemmed from that. It stems from government fearing information flow. And going back to what I was saying before, I think that the acceleration of control measures and putting in, that they're putting in place on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube and uh, and the government trying to crack down on all these different uh, individual journalists and you know look at what's happening with Julian Assange and the mainstream media crying for people's heads and crying for people to be canceled and disinformation to be obliterated at the same time admitting that they themselves just are blatantly lying to you and have been wrong so many times. I view all of this and I'm just so. I guess, inspired by the power. And at the same time, also, there is always the potential for ex like explosive exponential growth. You know, we've got a good platform. We've got, uh, you know, we, thousands of you listen to us every week. Thank you for that. We should be much bigger. We could be and we should be much bigger. Maybe that's on us. Maybe we should have done more as far as getting out there with more video earlier. Maybe we saw the growth trajectory and thought, oh, this is going to continue on uh, as it was without having to engage as much with social media and Twitter. But I view those things as cancer to you intellectually and to your way of thinking. So I have a hard time diving in on those as much as uh, some other people do, which hurts us for sure. Hurts my ability to grow my own brand. But at the same time, there is always that potential for exponential growth. Is I, I look at what I'm doing and I have a lot of pride in it. And I know we all do it, Lansley. There's a lot of pride in what we do, and that keeps me going. And I know that even when I don't want to do it anymore, and there's been times where I definitely have been sick of it, I don't want to do it anymore. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm fucking sick of this, and maybe I'm feeling like I'm bashing my head against the fucking wall because things can be seemingly getting worse rather than better. At the same time, I know there's people out there that listen every week and that look forward to it, and I don't want to let them down. So that keeps me going. Um you know, we don't, we're not getting a lot of money out of this. We don't, none of us have jobs that uh, we can quit to, to do lines of liberty. So it's a labor of love. And yeah, I mean, once you go down the road far enough, uh, you let a lot of people down. So 
I'm not, uh, but I'm not thinking of quitting right now. Like I said, I, I, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for, for what we're going to be doing on the show. And uh, I want y'all to know that. So uh, thanks for listening. And that's what keeps me going, knowing you guys are out there. Uh, Bobby says, Bobby W says, what's it going to take you to leave California? <laughs> Man, I don't know. How do you know when you want to, I mean, look, it's, People always ask that question. What's going to make you leave California? I don't know, man. What makes you leave your job? What makes you change anything in your life? You never know. I mean, there's no hard and fast red line. You know, it's like Obama. Oh, there's a red line out there. There's no fucking red line. There's no idea. You never know. Nobody ever knows shit that's going on. And and for those of you that are younger out there, you know, I turned 42, December 21st, my birthday, I turned 42. None of me feels like an adult. None of me feels like I know what I'm doing. None of me feels like, like that, uh, like I have it figured out. None of me feels um, that when I'm even in a crowd of, of people that are, you know, 25 years younger than me, I, I, you never feel any definitive line that you've crossed that makes you know what the fuck is going on. You just guessing the whole time. You know, I'm just still guessing. We're all just guessing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that things are going to go back. I'm guessing things are going to get better here in California. So I don't have a line that says, well, they're going to do this. You know, I guess if the government started cracking down and came to my door and took my guns and my kid forced my kid to, to say that she's a, a white, fragile snowflake piece of shit every morning in school and all this other shit that might happen. Well, yeah, that would be, a, that would be something. <laughs> I could deny that. I guess I'd have to pack up and leave. If it became impossible for me to, to spend uh, my time here and to put my you know savings away and to have a good life, I would leave for sure. But I don't know. There's what definitive line. I don't know. You never know. Just like with your job. You never know you're going to quit your job necessarily until you figure out that you're unsatisfied and you're unhappy. And that takes a while to get there. Am I as happy as I could be in California? Probably not. Do I know definitively I'd be happier somewhere else? I don't know. I do have a good life here. I have a house. I have a yard in a nice neighborhood. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful kid. I've got good friends. And um, I've got the beach. And I've got the mountains. And I've got good weather. It's hard to leave California, man. It's hard to leave California. And my worry is, you know, all these people are moving to Austin and Miami and all this other shit. Austin is going to become a shithole very quick. Don't worry. <laughs> Unless you guys start winning a lot of elections. And not that Bobby's in Austin, by the way. I know Bobby's not, but... But that's the thing is, you know, if I was going to move somewhere, I I probably wouldn't move anywhere else where there's already a big liberty community because as as goes liberty community is probably that just means everybody else is going there too, unless there's some special haven. And yeah, I know New Hampshire, there's the community there and you know, blah, 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 but I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd be happy in New Hampshire. I just don't know. So there you have it. Pat says, Pat O asked, the biggest douche you've met in LA. I'm going uh, to say Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn was a fucking real asshole. Now, I'm trying to name somebody you guys would know. And uh, Craig Kilborn was the host of The Daily Show way back when. And there's a very funny story, which some of you probably have heard already, but I, uh, in my public relations career at the last company I was with, we did a lot of film PR for directors and some celebrities. And, uh, and one of our clients was Robert Evans. 
who was very famous. Uh, Kid stays in the picture, but he also did Chinatown and he also did Love Story. And he also did, you know, all these very, very famous films. Robert Evans was the producer. So we have a party and he's our client, right? I mean, we're at his house, his, his like legendary house and I'm there and I'm working, but then it's over. So I get, oh yeah, I'm getting fucked up because he didn't care. He was a party guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, stick around, you know, have fun. And, uh, you know, all these celebrities are there. So I'm all, you know, pretty tanked. And he had this tiny kitchen. I remember a big house and all these rooms, but a very small kitchen. And you could cut through the kitchen from one room to the other one. So I go in and I'm cutting through the kitchen. And right as I get to the far kitchen door, there's Jack Nicholson. Yes, the Jack Nicholson. And I'm all fucked up. And I'm just kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like, oh, this guy. Look at this. Jack Nicholson's right here. So Jack stands there. And I stand there. Right? And he, being a super movie star, expects me to get the fuck out of the way so he can walk through the kitchen. But I'm just kind of like, hey, man, how's it going? I just, I just stand there waiting to go by him. And after a beat, he just smiles, that big smile. And he goes, it's your world, boss, and gets out of the way. And I went, thanks, Jack. And I walked right through the fucking door and kept on my going. So there's that funny story. But at the same party, I met uh, Craig Kilborn was there you know, the original host of The Daily Show, who left The Daily Show because he thought he'd be a big mutz, and then, of course, didn't really become much of anything. Did a couple movies, that was about it. But at the time, he was a huge deal. So, I remember it was me, uh, I went up to him, and it was, uh, he was talking to a guy, not Rich Little, but this, the guy who was, it was a stand-up comic, very well-known for Sniglets. If you guys remember Sniglets, which was like, you combine one word with another word, and this guy was very famous for it. He had, like, books about it. But Craig Kilborn's talking to this guy, and I don't remember how the fuck we got in the conversation, but at one point, I challenged him jokingly to a knife fight, and he was just like a massive douche. Now, granted, he doesn't know who the fuck I am. I'm coming up out of nowhere, but I'm at the party. I was polite enough. Anyway, he was a real dick, and he was very condescending, and uh, yeah, huge douche. There you go. Here's the, that's the biggest douche. And every, and every other person has backed me up that he's a fucking douche, by the way. Um, okay. James K says, what's your take on the whole post-libertarian Praxian thing? Are you still interested in seeing what the, the Meacocks and Dave Smith are doing? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm still very much interested in seeing what Dave Smith can do. Uh, if he officially does run or not, I'm very curious to see. I believe he will. I'm excited with Angela McArdle. She's a friend of mine. I love Angela. I know she's going to be, you know, running for LP chair and, the Meacocks are her people. They're, you know, I'm still uh, consider myself a member of that caucus, even though I mean, I'm a, I'm a pays a paying dues member of that caucus. So I'm still very much interested in seeing what they're doing, and I'm still rooting for them within the party. I will root for them to take power and see what they can do with that power. Now, when it comes to the post libertarian thing, and I'm I'm doing this episode on the on the heels of some drama for your mama going on, and I'm not going to get into that here. I don't know. I haven't talked to people about it specifically. I'm just reading on fucking Liberty Twitter. Another reason I like to stay off Twitter, by the way, I'm missing out on the drama and I'm more or less happy about it. But I think there's now it's like anything. I I'd said this on the naughty or nice episode about the 
Mecog said the Mises caucus, but it extends to anything with libertarianism. Like, look at this. Okay, so post-libertarianism, that's just, of course, the assigned phrase that's kind of been thrown around here. But the emphasis on having tangible impact in other ways outside of the political sphere, the emphasis on changing your life through monetary gain to making yourself more influential, more entrepreneurial, to getting out there and influencing people by virtue of your work rather than your philosophy and trying to do it through a political, that I support. But I don't not support people going out and doing it through the political sphere either. I've never been a person who said you shouldn't vote, ever. I've always said that if you have a tool in your arsenal, if you have something out there in which a way in which you can influence the world around you, you would be a fucking idiot not to use it. I mean, if I'm trying to build a shed and everybody out there has got hammers and wood and I go, well, hammers and wood, you know, that's pretty fucking statist. I don't want to use that hammers and wood. I'll go ahead and build it out of these mud bricks over here. And uh, everybody's going to look at me and go, well, what the fuck are you doing over there with these goddamn mud bricks? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to use the tools that exist at my disposal. I don't think that using those tools is going to necessarily mean that those tools are there forever to stay and that they can't be changed and all this other shit. But I think that you need to have a merger of the two. Now, where I think this is becoming poisonous is that within any party, with anything, you're now seeing people who have gotten power, people who've gotten prestige on both sides of this equation. Now we're trying to come after each other. Now we're getting under each other's skin. Now we're trying, trying to find ways in which they can increase their own influence, increase their own backing, increase their own support for their philosophy. And of course, it always comes down to money and power, like everything, wealth, power, and influence. I think that that is human nature. Now, I think you're seeing that play out. I think that everybody's getting a little too big for their fucking boots. They need to shut the fuck up and they need to sit the fuck down and calm their shit and have a little conversations and everybody seems to chill. That's the way I look at it, right? And maybe I'm just reacting because I'm seeing what's crap, what's crappening lately with, uh, with the movement. But I think that we had a lot of good people that were unified in trying to get things back on track in a reasonable way that have now become splintered off and they have no one to blame but themselves and their egos and they need to get their shit back together. Um, okay. Let's see. Alex, Alex H. And I'll wrap up with this one. Uh, yeah, it's back. If the Lions of Liberty formed a voluntary community for separatists, which one is best suited to be in charge of security? <laughs> um, that's a good question. In charge of security. All right, I will say it's not Mark. It's definitely not Mark because I just can't see him being in charge. Of I think you'd get overwhelmed having seen him um, working with too many podcast uh, guests overlapping and or trying to run a karaoke night. I think you would become overwhelmed with the security details and scheduling and not be able to handle it. So not Mark. Um, so it'd come down to me or Odie. Then again, are we talking about Rico? Are we talking about Howie? Are we talking about JB? I mean, Howie's got military background. I could see Howie actually being pretty damn good at the security detail. I mean, my, by default, I'd say Odie, because Odie is the most organized. Um, he'd probably be able to handle it. He'd go, do it in a workmanlike fashion. Right. But if I can bring Howie in, I think Howie might do a fantastic job. Howie's got, you know, his security set up at home. He's got a, a you know bank of monitors. He's got his guns. He's got his strategies. He's got military strategy he can draw on for security. I mean, granted, he might be drunk half the time and shoot somebody by accident, but so far he hasn't. 
He might fall asleep in a U-Haul like he did at Forkfest, but so far he hasn't. But then again, you know, like you said, I get, I got my fight or flight reaction. I always choose fights. So I'm probably not the best person to handle security either. Although I did do it for my fraternity and I was risk management chair, which means I was the guy that always had to get up in the middle of the night and handle all the issues. And I managed to defuse quite a few of them, but also some people got punched in the face. Anyway, hope that answers your questions, guys. Have a happy, happy new year. Hope you all had a merry, merry Christmas, despite fucking masked up Santa Claus. Uh, again, guys, do go ahead and, if you, like I said, if you want to subscribe to all those feeds that we're launching on January 1st, that would be fantastic. Uh, if you don't like one of our shows or you like two and you don't like three, go ahead and subscribe to those as well. This is We're going to experiment with this. We're going to see how it goes. If it goes catastrophically wrong, we'll just go back to the old way we did it. But we think this is going to be a lot of fun for everybody. We think it's going to be uh, a way for us to grow, as I said, a way for us to grow more exponentially and to reach different audiences that might not want to hear all three of our shows. Because like I said, there are different emphases, emphasize on each of our shows. And I'm going to be getting, like I said, I keep saying, like I said, like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm going to be getting into something a little bit more different as uh, my show evolves here. A little bit more positive, a little bit more cultural relevance, a uh, little, you know, you'll see. You'll see. But do subscribe to those. Also, do subscribe to Burnin' Daylight, our buddy Matt McKinley over there. Burnin', B-U-R-I-N-I-N, Burnin', there we go, almost messed up the spelling. Burnin' with an apostrophe N on the end. Burnin' Daylight, Cowboys, Liberty, shit-talking, riding around horses. What more can you want in life? And I think a little bourbon drinking on the top of that. So there you go, guys. That'll do it. Enjoy it. I'll see you on the other side of 2022. For me, Brian McWilliams. From the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged into Liberty. 